Soul Sisters, and welcome to Topic Tuesday with me, Tia Marie Arnold. Happy February. We are in a new month, and this month's topic in our Bible study is probably the most important topic, in my opinion. It's love. And so this week, we are going to talk about my love source, my love source. And if you haven't figured that out, we're going to be talking about God and his love today. Okay. So before we jump into the scripture, let's open up in prayer. Heavenly Father, we love you and we thank you for this time. God, I'm very excited about this month as we dive into your word about what you say about love, us learning about your love, learning about the love of Christ, learning about what you require of us as it pertains to our love walk, God. And so we pray that you will just come into this Bible study today. Open our eyes, open our ears, speak through me, Holy Spirit. I pray for every soul sister that is listening. I pray for their family. I pray for their hearts, their minds, their souls. Heavenly Father, I pray that you will bring increase to them, that if they are dealing with anything in their body, that you will um, heal them right now in the name of Jesus, God, and that this word will edify them, that it will bring them hope and bring them joy and will bring them love. In Jesus' name, amen. Okay, so my love source, we are going to be um, looking at a few scriptures today, and I want to do my best at the top of every month to make sure that we set a foundation. And so today we are going to set the foundation for love, and I am so excited about this topic. I am so ready, so let's jump on in. Um, what did God's love do? That's what I want us to talk about first. What did God's love do? I don't want to assume that everybody that's listening to the Bible study already knows. So we're going to back to basics. We're going to look at Romans 8 and 29. Romans 8 and 29. Here we go. For those whom he foreknew and loved and chose beforehand, which is us, he also predestined to be conformed to the image of his son and ultimately share in his complete sanctification so that he would be the firstborn, the most beloved and honored among many believers. And those whom he predestined, he also called. And those whom he called, he also justified, declared free of the guilt of sin and those whom he justified, he also glorified, raising them to a heavenly dignity, so a heavenly quality. What then should we say to all these things? If God is for us, who can be successful against us? He who did not spare even his own son, but gave him up for us all, how will he not also along with him graciously give us all things? Who will bring any charge against God's elect, his chosen ones? That's you and I. It is God who justifies us, declaring us blameless and putting us in, this is important, right relationship with himself. So we are now in right relationship with God. That's love. Oh, that's so good. Because before Christ, God couldn't look at us. He turned his back on us. He couldn't look at us because of our sin. So now we are in right relationship with him. Who is the one who condemns us? Christ Jesus is the one who died to pay our penalty. And more than that, who was raised from the dead and who is at the right hand of God interceding with the father for us. That's love. 
So when we make a mistake, when we fall short, God, I mean, Jesus is sitting at the right hand of God, interceding on our behalf. Oh, thank you, Jesus. Whom shall ever separate us from the love of Christ? Will tribulation or distress or persecution or famine or nakedness or danger or sword? So our situations, our emotions, our circumstances, us having lack of food, that stuff doesn't separate us from the love of God. Just as it is written and forever remains written, for the sake we are put to death all day long, we are regarded as sheep for the slaughter. Yet, and I circled yet, in all these things, so all the earthly situations, all the stuff that we go through, we are more than conquerors and gain an overwhelming victory through him who, Christ, who loved us so much that he died for us. For I am convinced and continue to be convinced beyond any doubt that neither death, nor life, nor angels, nor principalities, nor things present, nor threatening, nor things to come, nor powers, nor height, nor depth, nor any other created thing will be able to separate us from the unlimited love of God, which is in Christ Jesus, our Lord. Oh, that is so good. So that's what God's love did for us. It put us in right standing with him. And no matter what happens in our life, God's love is there. Nothing can separate us from it. And it's unlimited. This is important. As we go into this month of love, we have to know that our source starts with God. This is our love source. God is our love source in Christ. Christ is the anchor that connects us to God's love. So when we are in Christ, we are connected to God's love. That is so important. And you have to embrace that. You have to believe it. It's by faith. But in order for you to, um, as we'll talk more this month about being love, showing love, our love walk, in order for us to do that successfully, we have to know where our source comes from. So let's look at why did God show his love? So we know what he did now. We know that we are in right standing. We know that he sent his son to die for us so that we can now be in right standing with him so that we can experience his love, experience his grace. But why did God show his love? So we're going to look at this is a popular scripture, John 3, John 3 and 16. All right. So let's start. Uh, yeah, 16. For God so greatly loved and dearly prized the world. All right, let's stop there. So that shows us where God's heart is towards the world that he loved and dearly prized the world. So we should also look at, look at the world through God's view instead of our own personal opinion. If we are going to be uh, ambassadors of Christ, if we're going to represent God, then we need to take on his heart. So God so greatly loved and dearly prized the world that he even gave his one and only begotten son so that whoever believes and trusts in him as savior shall not perish, but have eternal life. So why did God do this? 
For God did not send the son into the world to judge and condemn the world, that is to initiate the final judgment of the world, but that the world might be saved through him. That's why he showed love because he wants us to be saved. Let's continue on. Whoever believes and has decided to trust in him, in Christ, as personal Savior and Lord is not judged. For this one, there is no judgment, no rejection, no condemnation, but the one who does not believe and has decided to reject him as personal Savior and Lord is judged already. That one has been convicted and sentenced because he has not believed and trusted in the name of the one and only begotten son of God, the one who is truly unique, the one of a kind, the one who alone can save. This is the judgment that is the cause for indictment, the test by which people are judged, the basis for the sentence. The light has come into the world and people loved the darkness rather than the, rather than the light for their deeds were evil. For every wrongdoer hates the light and does not come to the light, but shrinks from it. Well, why? For fear that his sinful, worthless activities will be exposed and condemned. But whoever practices truth and does what is right, and this is God's heart. This is what he wants for us. Morally, ethically, spiritually comes to the light so that his work may be plainly shown to be what they are accomplished in God, divinely prompted, done with God's help in dependence on him. It is all for his glory. It is all for his glory, not for our own, not for us to look holy and righteous and for us to look, you know, like we just everything. It is all for God's glory. And so I want to go back and this is this stuck out to me. John 3 verse 18, whoever believes and has decided to trust in him as personal savior, personal savior. I circled that because that says, and we all know this, that you have to have a personal relationship with Jesus yourself. But there is a scripture and I actually just heard it before I came on. Uh, and I want to say it's in Romans 10. Um, let's see. I thought it was Romans 10, but there was a scripture that says, um, how will they know unless they are told? How will they know unless they see? And that's my question to you. So God so loved the world that he gave his son and he came so that we could be saved. Then it also says um, in verse 18, but the one who does not believe and has decided to, to reject him as personal Lord and Savior is judged. So we have to let the world know who Jesus is. We have to let the world know about God and his love so that they can know him as personal Savior so that they won't reject him. And I really wish I knew where that scripture was. Um, but I want us to look at, um, so what So what do we do from here? So now we know what God's love did. We know why God did it. And the next thing I want us to look at is what is our response 
to this? What is our response? What is our job? Now that we know what God's love did and why God did what he did, 2 Corinthians 5 and 20 is where I want us to go. Okay, here we go. Now we're going to make this a little bit more of, of our responsibility, okay? Verse 20, so we are ambassadors for Christ as though God were making his appeal through us. We, as Christ's representatives, plead with you on behalf of Christ to be reconciled with God. So this is why he's called us to be his representative, so that we can reconcile people to God, so that they can have that relationship with him, so that they can be in right standing. He made Christ, who knew no sin, to be sin on our behalf, so that in him we would be the righteousness of God. That is, we would be made acceptable to him and placed in right relationship with him by his gracious loving kindness. That is love. God wants us to be in right relationship with him. And so he needs us. He wants us. It's our job. It's our responsibility to be Christ's ambassadors. It's our responsibility now to represent God and to represent Christ. So what does that look like? Well, let's look at, I got more scripture. John 13, verse 34 and 35. And this is good. This is good. This is good. John 13, 34. Here we go. Listen, I am giving you a new commandment that you love one another just as I loved you, so you too are to love one another. By this, everyone, everyone will know that you are my disciple if you have love and unselfish concern for one another. This is how we are Christ's ambassadors. That's it, love. That is how we are known. So it's, it's not enough for us to just tell people about Jesus, to tell people, oh, God loves you. Oh, he really does. Oh, you need to accept Christ. But then they look at your life and where's God's love? You cussing people out. You being offended. You doing all this stuff that's not representing God. And I'm not saying directly to you, but as a, a whole, that's sometimes the picture that we get especially with social media. We're supposed to even use that platform. I mean, now it's it pretty much, you can have your own platform wherever you go now. You can have it because if you have a Facebook, Instagram, what they got Snapchats and all this other stuff, whatever you use, that is now your platform. And that doesn't, oh, so God's like, okay, well, when you on Facebook, go ahead, act ratchet. Mm -hmm, I'll give you a pass. No, that's not what he says. It's our job to still be Christ's ambassadors, his representatives on Facebook, on Instagram, in your car, in the grocery store. And I know, I know you like, girl, but that's hard. Yeah, well, actually the scripture says it's not. I actually had a scripture for that, but I'm going to leave that alone till next week. But it is what we are commanded to do. I am giving you, this was in this, in this uh, situation, Jesus was with the disciples and he was washing their feet. 
And in this moment, you know, Peter's like, don't wash my feet because the master is not supposed to wash the servant's feet. It didn't make sense. But Jesus wanted to set an example. I'm going to wash your feet so that now this is what I want you to do. And then he commands them that you have to love one another. This is how the world will know that you are my disciple. This is how the world will know that we are children of God by our love. Okay, so I want us now now that we know what our response is and we know what our responsibility is to be loved, um, another thing I want us to look at is how would they know God? How do they know God? So they see our love, but we also have to represent God. So I want us to look at 1 John 4 and 12. And I hope this is good. I love this. I mean, I know it's a lot of scripture, but that's what we need. That's what we need. All right, so 1 John 4, and starting at verse 12. No one has seen God at any time. So we know that. No one has seen God. But if we love one another with unselfish concern, there it is again, God abides in us and his love, the love that is his essence, abides in us and is completed and perfected in us. So I want to stop right there. So no one has seen God, but if we love one another, then God abides in us. So we show God by our love. We show God by how we love each other. That's how the world sees God. That's how your children see God. That's how we represent God. And that's how we draw people to God because it was God's love that drew us to him. So it's our love for the world is, is what's going to draw them to God. This is our assignment. This is what we are called to do. And it has to be the number one priority. Um, the There was a commandment in Mark, somewhere in Mark, and I was going to say this for now. I normally have my phone. So when I want to just go ahead and flow, I have my stuff, but I don't have it here with me. But it says, Jesus says that, the first commandment is love the Lord your God with all your heart, with all your soul, with all your mind. And the second commandment is just as important. Love your neighbor as thine self. It's plain. And if you go through scripture, you'll see it more and more and more. This is not an option. This is not an option. When you have made Jesus your Lord and your savior, this is what you are agreeing to. That it is no longer me. We've talked about this. It's not me living now. It is Christ living in me. So that means that my behaviors, my thinking, the things that I do, I got to surrender all that to Christ. And I have to now do what God requires of me and what he's purposed me to do here on this earth, which is to draw more people unto him. If I be lifted up, I will draw all men unto me. That's what he wants. He wants us to come back to him. He wants us to be in right relationship with him because it wasn't supposed to be this way. The original garden of Eden and all that whole situation, God is like, okay, it happened now. I'm going to bring them back to me. And that's what he wants. But the enemy also has an agenda. So he wants to get people offended. He wants people to be hurt. He wants the big word, people to be prideful. That's what he wants. So we're, we're up against that. But our light will shine bright if we abide in God. And I didn't want to jump ahead, but I want to continue with 1 John 4. Okay, so we stopped. Um, so his love, the love that is his essence abides in us and is complete and perfected in us. And that's by the Holy Spirit. 
Romans 5 talks about that God um, sending his Holy Spirit to to uh, dwell in us is the way that he showed his love for us. So we have a helper. God ain't putting us out there and saying, you work it out, boo, you know, figure it out. Just find out how to love me. No, he gave us his spirit, which we're going to talk about that next week. I'm so excited because um, I love to talk about the Holy Spirit. It's like one of my favorite things to talk about, especially with love. But he's given us a helper so that this love thing can grow deeper in us. Okay, so verse 14, uh, no, verse 13. So by this, we know with confident assurance that we abide in him and he in us because he has given to us his Holy Spirit. We just talked about that. And then I want us to jump down to verse 16. We have come to know by personal observation and experience and have believed with deep, consistent faith, the love which God has for us. Stop. That's really important because this faith thing, um, I mean, this love walk, it grows and it builds by faith. We have to understand faith is very important because the more we believe who God says we are, we talked about that in identity. Now he's going to start perfecting things in us and we're going to go through things. It's through observation, experience, it's through struggles, it's through stretching that our love grows, that our fruit grows. There's a scripture next week I'm going to be talking about where it says that, you know, when we abide in him, he is, he is the vine dresser. Jesus is the vine and he prunes every fruit, prunes it back so that it can bear more fruit. So we go through those things for God to perfect our fruit, to make it more pure, to make it more rich. But we have to be consistent in our faith. We cannot be wavered from that. Our faith and the stuff that we go through to stretch and grow our faith makes our love walk stronger. It really does make it stronger. So observation experience and have believed with deep, consistent faith, the love which God has for us. God is love. And the one who abides in love abides in God. It's right there. And God abides continually in him. Oh, that's good. In this union and fellowship with him, with God, love is completed and perfected with us so that we may have confidence in the day of judgment with assurance and boldness to face him because as he is, so are we in this world. We represent God's love. We represent God's love. Um, and so, oh yes, this is a scripture I wanted to share with you. Also, 1 John 5, verse 3. For the true love of God is this, that we habitually keep his commandments, and we talked about his commandments, and remain focused on his precepts. And his commandments and his precepts are not difficult to obey. There it is. For everyone born of God is victorious and overcomes the world. And this is the victory that has conquered and overcome the world. Our continuing persistent faith in Jesus, the son of God. So we have the victory. We can do this, soul sisters. We can do this. I feel like it is so important, again, that we... Focus on what God's love did for us personally, why he did it. He did it not for himself. He did it because he loved us and he wanted us to be in right standing with him. 
And he also cares not just about you, but he cares about the world. So now our job is to go out and represent God's love and to represent Christ and to do it no matter where we go. We have a shirt that says shine on soul sister. The, the shining that we do is shining God's love. It's being that example. And the beautiful part about it is, like I said before, we don't have to do it by ourselves. Next week, we are going to talk about how we grow in this love. What does it look? How do we do this? Because I understand, even for myself, this culture that we live in, it is becoming more and more and more challenging. It kind of feels like love is like not the popular thing anymore. Like it seems like it's more popular to be offended, to speak your voice, to say whatever you want to say. I mean, some of the comments, we've all read them on Facebook and all these social media platforms are disgusting. It's sad. And I hate to say it, but it comes a lot from Christians. I mean, at least on my on my uh, news feed, I don't, I mean, a lot of the people that I follow are believers and all it takes is for one political situation to pop up, one, you know, news thing to pop up. And it's like attitudes and offense and hate and pride and all that just come out like roaches. I mean, just everywhere. And it's like, wait a minute. And that's where a lot of us are like, okay, I got to take a break because that's a, that's a lot. But our job in the midst of all that, and it's, you know, we know that the world is going to get darker. And we talked about what uh, John and John three uh, that we were reading about the world lights darkness because they are fear. So we understand that. But we have to be a light. I don't care how unpopular love may be. It's our job. And we will get persecuted even from believers and so do we call them believers? I don't know. Anyway, that's my opinion. But we will. We'll get persecuted from people who you go to church with, people who you might have got saved with. They're going to start condemning. If they are not rooted and abiding and remaining in God, their fruit will die. It's biblical. We will look at that next week. If we don't abide and remain in God, our fruit will die. Don't let the enemy catch you slipping because that's all he just needs is this to catch you slipping. You ain't abiding in God. You not staying in your word. And all he's got to do is send your husband home with attitude and boom, it's on. That's all it takes. Or, you know, your child, it, he, he uses little things, any little thing to get you off your love walk. Why? Because he's trying to come after your faith and he knows getting you to be disobedient is the first way to get that thing going. So make sure you stay focused, not just this month. I know we're magnifying love this month, but I hope that we will, this will be the beginning of us magnifying love for eternity. Cause that's really what it's about. So um, I guess that's all I have. I thought this was good. I My heart is that I just really want us to look at God's word and just what is God saying about it? Um, like I said, next week, we're going to talk about abiding and remaining in God. Um, and then the week after that, we're going to talk about our love walk. And what does that look like? Also, we are doing challenges this month. So we have love, love challenges um, on social media. So on Facebook and on Instagram, this week's challenge is 
go to your Bible and find one scripture about God's love for you. And there are a lot of good ones. Oh my gosh, there's a lot of good ones. But just find one. And I want you to meditate on that scripture every single day. So set a reminder, tell Siri or Alexa. I hope she doesn't come on because I just said her name. But tell them to remind you every day to meditate on this scripture because that's your food and you'll get it in your spirit. And you may just be like, okay, I'm reading it. What is it doing? But trust me, it will be there when you need it. You need that reminder because as God continues to stretch us and grow us in our love this month, we have to have this foundation of God's love for me, okay? So thank you so much. Make sure you check out www.soulsistergatherings.org. We will be having our gatherings this month for our love topic. And the dates will be on Facebook as well. And they will also be on the website. We also have a prayer call coming up this Saturday, 6 a.m. Eastern time. You can go to our website and also uh, our Facebook or Instagram page to find out the information about that. And I think that's all I have. And I will see you guys next week.